What is up, guys? My name is Lucas. Welcome to Just Being Real, a podcast by a pastor and his wife talking about the journey and being what God called him to be, a pastor. What's up, guys? Glad you guys are here. Hope you like this podcast. Give it a subscribe. Enjoy. Well, welcome to our podcast, uh, Just Being Real. Man, it's good to be back with you guys today. Uh, I have my wife back in the studio. She wasn't with us last week. And uh, um, Shelly, um, well, where were you? Tell them. Well, I was in Lebanon, Tennessee. I went to a, a prayer conference up there, and it was really awesome. Had a really good time, but I'm glad to be back. Oh, uh, so I missed you. <clears throat> I hate sleeping by myself. But anyway, it's good to see, good to have you back in the studio. I, we are excited about this podcast today. We have got a real good friend of ours, uh, and, and we were just talking off camera, and uh, he said, uh, it, yeah, it was about 06, 07, somewhere around there. We were in Portsmouth, Ohio, pastoring, and uh, we had him come and do a revival for us. And Man, we've had him back at least every three years, I think I've done, I, is how I do the rotation. And uh, he is an evangelist with the Church of the Nazarene. And uh, so I'm going to uh, let uh, Billy introduce himself. Uh, Billy, uh, share with us. Well, uh, like Pastor Rod said, my name is Billy Huddleston. And I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio. And I've been traveling as an evangelist in the Church of the Nazarene for going into 24 years. I was 24 when I started traveling. And now I'm 48. So it's, it's, that's been my life. Wow. Wow. Now, Billy, help, help people who might be listening here today, uh, maybe not understand uh, what's, what's, what's the difference between an evangelist and a pastor? Well, a pastor has to put up with all the people. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I get to, I get to leave. And so, <laughs> no, I, I mean, <clears throat> I, I am itinerant, which means where you stay there in Huntsville, uh, and live there, I, I go from church to church, usually either for a weekend or for a four days, five service type thing. And we just spend a concentrated time uh, during those days. And uh, that's, that's pretty much, and, and, and I was kidding around about it, but I'm not kidding around it. I don't have to deal with all the things that pastors deal with. There, there are other challenges, of course, but yeah, and we'll, we'll, we'll get into a little bit of that, um, but still, uh, you, you, you deal with people, you're preaching, mm-hmm. um, you're coming into the congregation and, and, and doing, you know, I guess when you started out, man, you, were, you would do those week to two week uh, man, uh, revivals, wouldn't you? I'd never do two week, uh, but yeah. I would do a Sunday through Sunday, if that's what you mean by a two week, Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that sort of thing. There aren't very many places you want to be that long. <laughs> and, and, but even now, though, you you'd say this was being real, right? Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's being real. I got you. But you but nowadays it's, it's more like a, about a four day, what, Sunday to Wednesday, typical. That's typically what I do. Um, I have friends that will do Friday through Sunday and all that sort of thing. But uh, I typically do Sunday through Wednesday. Yeah, good. Good. And, and you um, you said you've been at this man 24 years. Wow. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've been, well, we, you were in ministry before us because we we got into ministry around 1999, right into 2000. Um, so we've been about 20, 21 years coming up now. So um, sure. what's well, good, man? It's so good to have you here. And uh, yeah, we do. I, I think we were talking, uh, 
we do have Shelly, we have him coming in um in the in 2021 uh as we go may may summertime around there i think it is yeah yeah well good um you know what uh shelly um i'm just gonna kind of give it to you for a second here go ahead and I know, Billy, you've, you've shared how many years, years of ministry uh, and all that kind of stuff. We're going to talk a little bit about your personal life and, and how things, uh, you know, how you, you know, journeyed into the church and all that good stuff. Okay. But um, if, if you're, how do you, you said that you've been at this for 24 years. Give us a little backstory of, of coming to know Christ. How old were you? Uh, what your call and all, when did that all take place? Okay, well, I, I grew up. My papa was a pastor, not in the church of the Nazarene, but he was a pastor. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of grew up in a churched background in, in a Christian home. Yeah. When I was 15, um, I had stopped going to church for a little while, for a few years. And when I was 15, a girl asked me to go to church with her. And because I wanted to get to know the girl, <laughs> I went. <laughs> Mm -hmm. As a 15-year-old boy, I thought if I sit by her, my knee will touch her knee and all that kind of thing. And that's a pretty <laughs> big deal for a 15-year-old boy. Yeah. Uh, uh, so she invited me to a revival service. I'd never been to a revival service. Uh, it was at the Church of the Nazarene in Norwood, Ohio. And I didn't get the girl, uh, but I got Jesus. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I think I probably got the better end of the deal, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I got really involved in the church there in Norwood. Uh, and then when graduation came around two years later, felt like I needed to go to a, a, a Nazarene school. And so I went to Olivet and it was during my freshman year, I was going to be a music teacher, but during a revival in the spring, um, I felt a very real call to evangelism. Mm -hmm. uh, I know some people probably think, well, it couldn't have been that specific, but it was a very real call for me. It was pretty plain that that's the direction that he wanted me to go. And now it didn't begin out that way because to finish my education, I had to do a field placement. Mm -hmm. And that means the second semester of my senior year, at that point in time, I was sent to a pastor's house I stayed those eight weeks at the pastor's house, supposed to show me what pastoring was all about. And so if he got called out in the nighttime, I got called out in the nighttime, if all, all that different stuff. And yeah. it just, long story short, I ended up being the youth pastor at this church. It was South Lake Church of the Nazarene in Crown Point or Maryville, Indiana. And so I was a youth pastor from 94 to 97. And then in 97, God brought me back to my call, my original call, and I stepped out into the field of evangelism. Good, good, excellent. Wow. All right. Shelly? So, Billy, how has ministry affected you? I mean, I know sometimes there's, there's negative effects, there's positive effects, but have you had some, um, any kind of situations in your life that have affected you? Yeah, I, I mean, I think there, I think ministry affects you differently at different times. There have been times where I felt like I was on top of the world. And then there have been other times where I felt like I've been under everything, <laughs> if that makes 
any sense at all. There's there's times when I first started traveling that anytime the phone rang, I'd get excited about possibilities and things like that. And as time went on, there are times just like anything else, I think maybe you get too comfortable or get in a routine or something like that where some of the wander is lost. And so I I think it's affected me almost any way you could think of it different times in my life yeah yeah hey billy would you would you consider yourself uh a, you know uh, someone who is who who is real who who really presents himself as someone who's you know real in in, in your preaching real in your in your in your walk i think so um i've been people have said that to me i i learned a long time ago rod that I can't be anybody but who I am. Yeah. And I can't, you know, I think there's, I think there's power in authenticity. Yeah. Of course you're, you're not airing your dirty laundry and things like that. But I think if there's one thing that I am is I'm, I'm pretty transparent with my preaching. Uh, If I'm struggling with something, I'll share it. If, if, if I'm convicted by something, I'll, I'll, I'll say it. But I think that's, um, I think that's necessary in ministry. I think, I, I think too long people wanted to act like they have it all together and this and that. And, you know, mm-hmm. none of us have it all together. Right. Hey, you know, when you were talking about being authentic and real and, and, and sharing the moments that, you know, that you, you feel like, you know, you're, you're willing to do that. Has there been moments that, that, that really, I mean, you did that and you probably would, you wouldn't go back and change that, but it really was, uh, it really stirred up something in the congregation, in the service or whatever, that maybe somebody got upset because you did share. And uh, have you ever experienced anything like that where you were being real, but it it really, I don't want to say backfired, but it, it really caused a, I don't know, stirring the pot, I guess. I don't know. I don't know that I've ever well, yeah, there. I, I made a pastor's family mad once that came on an Easter Sunday. <laughs> really? Just, family just, just because of my bluntness and my style and, and different things like that. So the pastor defended me, but his family didn't come back while I was there. Um, but, 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 but other than that, I, I, I've never really, I haven't found that being authentic has been offensive because I think there's a way you do things. Like I said before, you just don't go out and air your dirty laundry, but you can, you can be real with where you're coming from. And I think the, I've had more people come and say to me, thank you for being real. Yeah. And saying, I wish you weren't real. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what people are longing for. Do you think people are receptive to you? Um, Were they more receptive years ago or, and less receptive now, or do you see a change in dynamics in ministry now? Well, I, I mean, I see a big change in the church from when I began to now, but, as far as the way they receive me, I think there's something to be said about age and experience. 
because when I was 24 traveling around, they're thinking, who's this kid? Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. And he hasn't lived long enough. And who is all this kind of thing? And now, I mean, you still have, you still have some of that, but for the most part, and I think, I think it is too, because I think you get to the point where you are who you are and people receive that. Yeah. And, and maybe when you're younger, you're trying to be something more than who you are. Yeah. You just kind of mature into that kind of thing. I don't know if that answers your question, but. Yeah. No, that's, oh, that's good. I have to be, since we are being real, uh, I, I need to kind of confess to you. Uh, I have stolen one of your phrases. I don't know if you stole it and you just use it too, but because um, I think that's what all pastors do. We just steal it from other guys. Yeah. But um, I, I love, I'll never forget the first time I heard you say this. And I was like, because you, you were preaching and you said, uh, you said, you can disagree with me. It's okay. You, you have a right to be wrong. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I, I, I use that all the time. I really do. Um, and uh, so, but well, it, will so just, with, it will work with everybody but me. <laughs> I hear you. Yes, it's Shelly. Well, hey, let me ask you. Um, I know that uh, many of, as we heard you introduce yourself, um, you know, a lot of people know you uh, that'll be listening to us. Uh, there's going to be a lot of people that don't know you. Uh, it's really crazy. Um, Billy, I don't know if you've ever done a podcast or anything, but um, yeah. it, it's when it goes out there, um, there's this, I mean, we're, we're being listened to in, what is Shelly, Germany, Belgium, uh, Australia, uh, so it's really, yeah. it's out there. It's uh, That's great. Yeah, and it's pretty fun uh, to think about that and being able to uh, just come into the, the, the car or the house or, or the ear pods or whatever they're listening to uh, into somebody's life. Uh, and, and for them to listen, it's really, uh, uh, it's, all, it's an honor for us to be able to do that. Uh, when you introduced yourself, uh, like I said, a lot of people know who you are. A lot of people don't. Um, uh, maybe you could share uh, just your story. I, I know that uh, uh, you didn't mention anything about, uh, you know, being married, having a girlfriend. When you came into the church, uh, in the ministry, 97, I think you said you went into full-time evangelism. Mm-hmm. Um, where were you at in the status of life? I had just gotten married. Uh, I had met a gal who was a little bit younger than me at the church where I was serving and um, had just gotten married. And that might not have been the best time to go into itinerant ministry. Uh, mm. I, I had just gotten married. And so we moved from the Chicago area, well, Northwest Indiana, down to uh, Cincinnati. That's where my family was from. And it's a, it's a pretty good location. I actually moved down there to take another youth pastor position. And you, you have to understand the, from 94 to the beginning of, to the end of 96, something like that. I think it was, I, I was with a senior pastor that was like a father to me. Mm. Uh, when I had gone for my field placement, my first week there, my father passed away. Uh, Ron was the same age as my dad. Um, Ron had a son my age. And so, I mean, he, he became like a father to me. He gave me the freedom to do uh, what I felt like needed to be done. I mean, if I had to, if I caused problems, I, I had to deal with the problems. But I mean, he allowed me to do those sorts of things. And then 
I went to another church and it wasn't quite like that. And so that didn't last, but God used that to move me back into oh, the original call. That, that's how I could have been comfortable being in staff ministry mm-hmm. my whole life, but that's not what God called me to. And so um, I was married at that point in time. And, and, and when I first started traveling um, for a number of years, uh, she traveled with me, but it was kind of hard on her because she was a behind the scenes type of person and people would shake my hand and walk by her. Um, I, I remember at one place, this arrogant man just came up and said, well, what is it that you do? Oh, to her? To her. Yeah. Wow. And so it was things like that. And I, I could see that it was um, beginning to affect her. Mm-hmm. She was kind of shy. She's kind of quiet anyway. And, and, and when people say things like that, you know, it really affects things. And so we made some changes. Uh, she started staying home. She started working. I started traveling. And long story short, in 2005, our, our marriage fell apart. And so, um, yeah, you know, that, that was probably, if you, to go back to the question Shelly asked, that was probably the time in my life when I was most, I don't know if the right word would be conflicted, because I had heard of stories of how the church reacted to ministers that were divorced. Right. So I thought, I thought I've lost my family. I don't have any kids. My wife was my family, but I had lost my family. And then I thought, well, I've lost my ministry. I tried for six months to walk away. I did lose my family. I did lose my wife, Mm -hmm. but I received the exact opposite from the church of what than what I expected. Wow. I was trying to walk away. They were reaching out to me. I mean, from, from the general church all the way down. My phone was ringing off the hook. You would recognize the name Chuck Nohuff. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Chuck called me every single day. I didn't answer the phone, but he called me and would leave a message on, on my voicemail saying, you're a preacher. You're not a car salesman. I was selling cars. You're a preacher, not a car salesman. Over and over and over. I mean, they just kept at me and, and they loved on me. My, my experience was the exact opposite of what I thought. And because of that, David Graves was my pastor um, at Springdale. Um, he was in I don't know if he was with Sunday school ministries at that time, or if he was in Olathe, he hadn't become a general yet. Right. But I remember him saying to me, God, God's not done with you. And that just meant a lot to me. And so I stepped back into a full schedule and I felt more like myself than I had those whole six months. First off, you know, I know we're looking at each other on, on the zoom here, but, um, you know, in all honesty, man, it, it, it teared me up when you just said that, because I, I, you know, sometimes I think the only ones that we want to talk about, we want to talk about all the horror stories 
and right. and you don't get to he- you don't tend to hear all the 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 praise stories of the church right and and this is to me is a praise story because this is exactly how the church should have responded and yeah. and loving and and, and and compassion and and lifting you know each other lifting you up and i'm i'm just grateful to hear that i truly mm-hmm. am uh that's that's some good stuff that's yeah, the it's, it's really neat to hear because you know, Billy, we've known you for uh, how, many, I don't know how many years we said 15, yeah, plus. 15 years and your ministry has to me and my family and my, even my extended family um, in West Virginia, you know, it has meant so much to them. Yeah. And I feel like there is such an anointing on your ministry mm-hmm. and that just, that just shows that sometimes even even ministers go through difficult times and it's the enemy fighting you tooth and nail because um, he can't see in the future, but he knows what you can become. You know, he, you know, he knows the threat that you have and in what he's trying to do. And, you know, I, that just thrills me that the church reached out to you like that and uh, encouraged you, you know. Yeah, let, me, let me add to that because, um, and let me just speak to our listeners for a moment. Please understand that, 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 is, that is what the church is to be doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we live in a fallen and broken world. People are hurting. It, it's not, a, the church is, should never be there to, to to con, uh, to uh, uh, con, for condemnation, the church needs to be there to to lift and to encourage and to pick that person back up. You know, I mean, I'm kind of reminded of that story of Jesus and 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 the guy that's laying by the well and 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 you, you know, what's, what's Jesus telling? He says, "Pick up your mat and 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 go." You know, and 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 he restored this man back to to wholeness to heal and healed him. That's what the church is to be, the example of Christ, to heal people, not to, not to pour gasoline on the fire that they're already dealing with, you know? So, man, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that, brother. I really am. If I can ask one more question with that, um, if you can share, if you want to share, if you don't want to, that's fine. But how was the church towards your wife at that time? Were they as receptive to her or? Well, I, I think she chose to walk away okay. from the church. I believe that, I, I believe that, um, I, I believe that they would have been receptive to her. Yeah. But you have to allow that opportunity. Right. right. And right. so I, 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 I that's the best I can answer because I, I'm not, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not aware if she tried to uh, go or anything. I, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Mm, wow. You know, Billy, it's uh, interesting in this topic of uh, this, of the conversation here uh, at this moment, because um, I'm, I'm actually, uh, I'm, I'm going to be speaking with, uh, uh, and I'll tell you who it is later. Uh, once we get off here, but speaking with an individual who has uh, 
um, you know, a, a well predominant pastor and uh, we're friends with, and uh, had, it, this person had fallen uh, from grace really and um, had, had sinned basically. And, um, and we're going to get to be able to talk to him a little bit about that and about the, the restoration process and, and such. And, um, and, and, you know, he's, he's got some great insights on those kind of things. So I'm looking forward to that episode and being able to share with him. And uh, so I'll, I'll send you a link to that when that takes place, but Hey, well, listen, I want to kind of uh, bring us to a a moment of, of kind of two things. Uh, One is, is, I'd love for us to be able to speak directly to the church. And then I'd like to, for us to be able to speak directly to the pastors. You have been in uh, many pastors homes. I know at least you've been in mine uh, quite a few times. And uh, we have always thoroughly enjoyed that having you with us. You have been in uh, other churches, other pastors, I mean, houses and such. And so, uh, and you've been in other church, a lot of different churches. I've, I only have this very uh, narrow view uh, or, or narrow uh, experience. Uh, I've only been in five churches now that I've pastored. So um, if, if you could say anything to the church congregation in this relationship between their pastor and them, um, what, you know, if, if you could say anything to them to help them connect uh, with their pastor uh, more, better, whatever you might, what adjective you want to put in there, uh, and, and to be able to connect with their pastor and the pastor's family, what, what would that thing be that you would say to that congregation? Well, I guess I would take it back to what we started, how we started talking. I think I, I, it would be, imp- if somehow we could get people to understand and to allow the pastor and his family to be real. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think too often there's this expectation. And, and you know what? I mean, I mean, there is a big responsibility in being pastors and being evangelists. And things. so I'm not trying to diminish that, but there also needs to be grace um, when things happen that, uh, the pastor does something that maybe you don't agree with or this or that, that, that you need to allow them to be who they are. I would say this, if there's a household, you've, your kids have grown up in the parsonage. Right. And I, I believe, I hope that their experience, all of it's not been perfect, but uh, I hope they have more good memories than bad memories. Right. I would challenge churches that have pastors with kids to give those children good memories to no. show them what is intended. Because too often I've met people that have been turned off because they did grow up in the parsonage and, and, and there were too many, too many expectations. They weren't allowed to be real. And I think we're getting better at that. Yeah. But, but that's, probably what I would, we have to be real all the way around. And we've got to allow the pastor and his family to be real as well. Amen. Amen. If you could say anything to the pastor to help them connect with the church families, what would that be? Well, this is going to sound kind of, uh, I don't know what the word is, so I'll just say it. I think the best thing a pastor can do 
is preach the word. Mm. Yeah. Uh, don't, don't preach your opinion. Don't, don't. Yeah. I think the greatest thing the man of God or the woman of God, the pastor can do in order to connect and bond with their people. I think that has to be the basis of it all. Yeah. It's to preach the word and through that, through the word, allow the authenticity of the kingdom to be evident all the way around. Does that make any sense? No, yeah. it, it, completely. You know, because when you're preaching the word, you're, 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 you're preaching from internal, uh, which should be the, 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 the Holy Spirit. And right. that, that, again, not only should come out from the platform uh, and as you're preaching, but that, that's, that's going to be evident, should be evident coming out of your life. It's your yeah, walk. so maybe preach and live the word. Yeah, <laughs> preach and live, exactly. Exactly, that's good. That's really good. Hey, brother, listen, uh, we're going we're gonna to kind of close uh, on this episode, um, but here's what I want. Uh, I, I asked you to be thinking of this as we uh, journey through this uh, time together. And um, we, we have some really crazy, funny things that have happened to us in ministry. I mean, some silly stuff and, and some, some things that, you know, you share with people and they're like, that didn't really happen. You're a pastor. You're exaggerating. And you're like, no, seriously, this is how it went down. Uh, so, man, I, I can only imagine as you're out there and you're traveling, uh, there has got to be like at least one story per church that you attend. Um, and so what's, what's the craziest thing, man, you've just seen in, in, in the 24 years of, of ministry? There, there's, there are quite a few. Hey, but by the way, I just got to preface this. You can't share anything about Shelly and I though. So, <laughs> is there any other I church? I don't have anything to share. No. <laughs> I, 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 just I don't have anything to share. No, there, <laughs> There are, there are a number of stories, uh, that kind of thing. But uh, I, I think I'm going to opt out and not share one. Oh man! I, I'm just. What if someone's listening and they'll say, "That's my church," or "That's nobody what. will know." Nobody will know. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> hey, I, I've I've been found out before when I've you haven't preached over in, in Germany, story. have you? So, What's that? You haven't preached over in Germany, have you? So. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, but it's not the ones in Germany that I'm worrying about or the ones in Norway. Or yeah. it's a, we, we have a, a, a circle of friends and uh, yeah, we do. They, they could be, I, I think because I rely on people inviting me to their churches, I think <laughs> I probably should refrain. Okay. So here's, here's one. Um, I'll give you permission. You can share it. Is there something it's, I was just trying to think, Shelly, is there anything that we've had with Billy that 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 really was just crazy. Me well, your, youngest, your youngest son danced around in his underwear when he was a little boy is probably the craziest thing that I can think of. Yeah, I we, do remember that. We we but you remember. <laughs> at least he didn't moon you like yeah. he did our children's <laughs> pastor. <laughs> yeah. He moon her. yeah, and he was like four or five at the yeah. time. That was, he, was, he was little and tubby, and now. Oh, yes. All those little rolls. <laughs> well, he didn't care. We'll that to you. We'll, he did not care. <laughs> we'll, we'll let you off the hook there, brother. Listen, I'm, I, I hope that um, 
this has been good for our listeners. I hope that uh, our home stand here is just to help you better understand your pastor and their, and their family. And, and I know that there are ministers that are listening to this. And I hope what it's done is helped you guys uh, maybe see a little differently and, and, and maybe react differently or, um, um, you know, just uh, be a little different. Uh, as far as just opening yourself up a little bit more. Um, I, you know, Bill, you said something at the beginning uh, that, that, you know, you've heard many people say about you and to you that they appreciate your authenticity, your realness. Um, that's kind of why this all started for Shelly and I, because we've heard that so many times. Right. Uh, people just coming up and saying, oh, you, just, you just were so real on the platform you're you're and then when they come up and talk with us to spend a little time with us they're going you're you just you're just a, you feel like a real person and 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 i know we we walk away we're going so what what is i mean so there are other people there's there's pastors out there that are not we're kind of like isn't that the way you're supposed to be but then when you get into it you see that it, there is there are pastors out there that fight against that god can never fully use you until you are fully you Amen. I, I God, and I just made that up, man. I, I ought to write that down. But anyhow, <laughs> I may, I'm entitled at the, the, this episode. So. Yeah. That, that'll be fine. But it's just, that's one of those things. I think so many of us are so busy trying to be something more or something else that God can never use us to the extent that he could or longs to because we work not half work. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I do, brother. I think social media does that a lot too. You know, people post, you know, pictures of this perfect family and while yeah. all the right, it's falling and crumbling behind closed doors, you know, and right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, well, Hey, listen, Billy, so good to have you with us. And, uh, Thanks for having we, we pray uh, blessings on you, my friend, as you travel and, uh, and so uh, be safe out there. Um, and, and we kind of always, uh, well, we're, we're tending to close our episodes off with the understanding that this was the bald and the beautiful. Uh, <laughs> yeah. bald and the beautiful. Yes. And, uh, but we, we are so appreciate our time together. And God bless you. And listen, man, have a great, uh, great time where you're at in your, in your revival this week. And uh, thanks for coming on with us. Thanks, guys.